Hi, everybody, and welcome to RV Miles, your home for RV and camping news, reviews, travel guides, and more. I'm Jason. And I'm Abby. And this is episode 72 of the RV Miles podcast. To get today's show notes, you can head over to rvmiles.com slash podcast. You can also find RV Miles over on social media. We are at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And then Jason and I, along with Jack, Ethan, Henry, and Wanderbus, are at ourwanderingfamily.com. And we are also on Twitter, YouTube, Pinterest, Facebook, and Instagram. On today's episode, we're going to take some, a few different questions that we've had crop up time after time. And we wanted to just sort of dive into some shorter things that aren't sort of full segment worthy, but I think a lot of you will find them really interesting. Uh, We are going to talk to Marianne Edwards of Boondockers Welcome. We've talked about Boondockers Welcome so many times in the past. It's one of our favorite organizations for RVers out there connecting hosts and travelers with free boondocking sites all across the country and in Canada. And uh, we just wanted to get Marianne on the show to sort of talk a little bit more about a lot of the details, why you become a host, how you become a host or a member, um, all that stuff. It's really great interview and we're happy to have her on the show. Plus we've got a new brain teaser, the answer to last week's brain teaser, A whole lot of news and more. But first, this episode is sponsored by L.L. Bean. Yes, it is. And this year, L.L. Bean is joining up with the National Park Foundation, the official nonprofit partner of the National Park Service, to help you find your happy place in an amazing system of more than 400 national parks, including historic and cultural sites, monuments, preserves, lakeshores and seashores that dot the American landscape many of which you will find just a short trip from home. L.L. Bean is proud to be an official partner of the National Park Foundation. Discover your perfect day in a park at findyourpark.com. We are coming to you again from the Kansas City area. Be here just through the holidays. And and we are not getting a white Christmas here. (laughs) We are getting cold. Kind of cold and muddy Christmas going on right now. But maybe we'll get some snow before next weekend. No, we're not. I checked the weather. Sorry. Oh, that's too bad. No dreams. No dreams. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're staying warm, though. I hope you are wherever you are. Yeah, maybe you're somewhere warm for us. If so, go out and get some sunshine for me. I haven't seen the sun in a few we'll, days. We'll be heading somewhere warm in January. And uh, I can't wait, but we got to figure out where we're heading that's warm don't in even, January. Please don't, please don't bring this up. Because it doesn't really matter. No. We're just driving south. No, because as everyone knows, if you've been listening for 71 past episodes, the Appersons do not decide where they're going until 48 hours before they have to go there. So we will know. <laughs> that's not true. We decide like a month before and then we change it and then we change it yeah. and then we change it. And then the last minute it all goes all over the place and then wanderbus has ideas of her own and then everything gets changed but regardless there will be a lot more sunshine and a few less clouds in our future in 2019 let's jump right into the news of the week first of all we mentioned AAA last month saying that the thanksgiving holiday would be one of the busiest thanksgivings in a very long time since 2005 now they're saying now that the upcoming Christmas holiday travel is is also going to be uh, some of the worst that there's ever been. They're predicting record holiday travel of 4.4% over last year. That's the most that they've ever seen since they've been tracking holiday travel. More than 102 million people 
will pack up their cars for a holiday road trip, they're saying. I always wonder how they get this number. I find it very fascinating where they can say 102 million, not 103, not 101, but 102 million people are going out on the road. 6.7 million people will travel by air this year. That's also the highest in, in 15 years. And cheap gas prices are a big part of this. The gas prices are have gone way down and we're enjoying that for sure. It's $1.98 down the street at Casey's. Mm-hmm. I mean, I fill up all the time just in case that price goes up. (laughs) Next, some interesting news from the National Park Foundation and Nature Valley. Nature Valley, the company that makes those granola bars. Nature Valley bars. The the ones that give you more crumbs than the ones that Ethan (laughs) loves. (laughs) The ones that Ethan loves. They're very good. We love them. When he's in the car. But you do make a mess out of yourself when you eat them and they're probably not best to give kids in the car, but we do. But we do. We give them in the bus. We, you know what? Sometimes it's just here, eat this because you're just happy. They're eating something. You'll just deal with it later. So this year has been the 50th anniversary of the national trails and wild and scenic rivers acts. So there's been a lot of stuff commemorating some of the national trails out there. The national trails being like the Appalachian trail, the Lewis and Clark trail, the Oregon trail. And don't you mean Oregon? You're from the Midwest. Let's get this right. Okay. I'm just saying, I know that. You know that's what? <laughs> you know what? I actually say Oregon. I, I yes. never say, I, I don't know why I just said Oregon. I know. That's why I looked at you. I don't say like, Oregon. What? I say Oregon. It's the Oregon trail. I, you know, you I'm trying, trying to, to like, I'm trying to pronounce things clearer because this is a podcast, but it's the Oregon trail. You were in your fancy <laughs> podcast voice and it tripped you up. <laughs> I don't know what they say in Oregon. I don't or know. Oregon, if you're from Oregon, gone, let us know. I think they say Oregon and, and people like to correct them and be like Oregon. And they're like, no, that's not how we say it. Sorry. We're just going to YouTube it and find <laughs> out. <laughs> anyway, Nature Valley is providing a donation of $3 million commitment over three years to do some uh, trail restoration projects across the national park system that's going to include uh restoring 27 miles of the 100 mile guadalupe ridge trail that connects carlsbad caverns and guadalupe mountains national park that's so cool i would love to do that trail wouldn't that be Mm -hmm. fun they're gonna do uh restore 25 critical miles of the highland rim section of the 444 mile natchez trace parkway and then 15 miles of the appalachian trail that we've through Shenandoah National Park are going to get restored as well. So this is really exciting. Some of these big corporations like Nature Valley and L.L. Bean have really been stepping up to provide a lot of support to the National Park Foundation. They're saving our parks in some respect. And speaking of Guadalupe Mountain National Park, our episode of the America's National Parks podcast this week is on said park which is one of our favorite parks. One of our way. favorites. And this story is one of my favorites. I keep saying that. I'm, I know I sound like a broken record at this point. This is one of the but, stories that inspired us to start this yeah. podcast. When yeah. we were, and we couldn't find much information on it early on. And we, we were able to do a little bit of digging and we found the sort of administrative history of, uh, of Guadalupe Mountains National Park. And it detailed these events that happened. So what the episode is, is there is a trail that goes up to Guadalupe Peak, which is the highest peak in the state of Texas. It's an eight and a half mile trail, usually takes seven, eight hours. 
day trip for people to do. On one July day in 1982, a group of five people in wheelchairs set out to do this trail. And it took them five days to do it. And we detail this story on it, but it's a really inspiring story. It's so inspiring. But I think the thing that stuck with me and sort of got me a little caught up a bit when I was trying to read it were the two points where I won't give one of them away because it's really nice and I think you should listen to it. But one of the parts of the story where why is it going to take them five days? They were having to stop and take boulders and position them over rougher patches to create ramps for themselves so that they could go up and over and continue on the trail. And that to me just Oh, it just it gives me goosebumps just to think about it, because that is an incredible feat. And that is it just takes so much mental focus and like perseverance and determination and belief that you can do this. And I felt so inspired afterwards, like if they can do Guadalupe, we can do Guadalupe. Yeah. And the park is we've said this before, but it's one of our favorite parks that we've been to. But it's also one of the 10 least visited national parks. It's wild. It's and I don't mean that like it's wild to go there. It's no, remote. It's remote. It is wild land. It's stunning. If you have the capacity to get there and stay there for a night or two boondocking, you will love every minute of it and you will just be wondering when can I get yeah. back a lot of people don't go because they think it's so far away from everything and it kind of is well, but, kind of is but, I mean that sign that says <laughs> fill up now there's no gas or anything for the next like 100 miles hey that feels a little you know off-putting you think oh my gosh what am I getting myself into but you know but, we stayed in in Carlsbad and it was an hour and a half drive to the park yeah I just um, want to point out really but quick you can do that you know that if you hear the screaming of children in the background Today, the kids are downstairs playing Minecraft story mode and they're all getting along so well. I just don't have the heart to go down there and tell them to be quiet because they haven't been getting along these last few days. So to hear them actually enjoying each other's company, I think it's okay if we can put up with a little noise. Hopefully you can pull it out. But if not, they're not hurt. (laughs) They're just playing together. All right. We also want to mention that uh, you should join our RV Miles Facebook group. So we can chat a little bit more with you after the show about all the things that you're interested in and the places that you're going. Yeah, I loved how much everyone really enjoyed Michelle's interview last week and learning about birding and how many people said, oh, I'm interested in doing this now. I want to go buy some binoculars and go look at birds. I thought that was really cool and inspiring that someone who, again, as we've talked about the hope for RV Miles in 2019 about building a community, that's a great example of someone who is living the RV life, who has an adventure that they're on and a hobby that they enjoy, just sharing it with the rest of us and then inspiring us to want to go and learn more about it. We also want you to join us for RV Chat on Twitter if you happen to be a Twitter user. RV Chat happens every Sunday at 8 p.m. Central. This week's topic is going to be winter camping. We're going to talk about camping in the cold and escaping the cold, which we're going to do both of. (laughs) Before we move on, I have to walk something back from last week that I said that I learned I was incorrect about. 
So when we were talking about the guy who had created the Clark Griswold house. Yeah. And I said 50,000 twinkling lights. It's actually 25,000. So I doubled Clark's. Yeah. I know. Oh, and I'm man. sitting here. <laughs> you should be embarrassed to be a Trebu. <laughs> She's holding her Clark Griswold coffee mug right now. Yeah, I'm drinking some coffee out of my National Lampoon Christmas vacation mug. And actually, the night you were editing, I somehow ended up talking to my dad about the movie and he dropped the number. And I was like, no, 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 it's 50,000. And he kind of <laughs> gave me a side look and was like, no, it's 25,000. And then I thought, okay, well, I misspoke and I'm going to have to walk that back next week because, as you said, as a Trebu, I should have known better. We cover the important stuff here on RV Miles. <laughs> Let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll have the answer to last week's brain teaser and a whole lot more. Be right back. We are back with the answer to last week's brain teaser sponsored by Thrive Market. On a mission to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone, Thrive Market offers thousands of the best-selling organic foods and natural products at up to 30% below retail prices. Foods for specialty diets can be hard to find when traveling, so for your next camping trip, skip the store and get all your gluten-free, paleo, and non-GMO products delivered to your home just before you hitch up. And because Thrive Market wants to make healthy living a part of your outdoor lifestyle, RV Miles listeners can save 25% off the already marked down prices along with a free 30-day trial. To get started, head over to thrivemarket.com slash RV Miles or check out the link in our show notes. That's thrivemarket.com slash RV Miles to get 25% off plus a free 30-day trial to start your journey towards a healthier life at home or on the road. Guys, we'd be using Thrive if they weren't a sponsor. I'm so glad we found them because it's it's really talk. it's really wild how cheap you can get. Like you don't have to be somebody who cares about organic food or non-GMO food or gluten-free food whatever. This stuff is mostly cheaper than the regular stuff at the store. It's and just dang good. We had that Tuscan pepper sauce which we've already talked about like a ton on the show, but we loved it so much that we went ahead and ordered it again. It's this Tuscan pepper marinara sauce we had last night for dinner. I, I just, I'm going to bake everything with the sauce. I've decided <laughs> everything we make from now on, I'm just going to slather it in the sauce. And I also, because it's that time of year, we can't seem to keep chapstick. Like we buy it, we lose it. It's gone. And so because everyone keeps taking my chapstick and I got this thing about sharing chapstick, I don't think you share chapstick. Like, that's just a no-no to me. Man. Yeah, you don't. I know you don't care. That's why I can't ever find my chapstick. So I ended up ordering the Thrive Market four-pack of chapstick. I love it. Wait, you got a four-pack of chapstick? You don't need to listen to Where this. Where are they? You do not need to listen to this Where's part of the mine? podcast. 
you don't get any. <laughs> you have. Where are the ones you've taken from me? That's I haven't what, taken any from you. Mm, I went and bought my own. Mm, where is it, by the way? It's sitting on that dresser. OK, then you don't need mine. OK, well. There you go. I'm, I'm going to need one to replace that when I lose it. This is like the great charger and headphone incident of 2018. Let's not discuss it. <laughs> Last week's brain teaser went like this. Take the number of days of Christmas from the, from the song. Divided by the number of ghosts in a Christmas carol. And multiply that by the number of Santa's reindeer, including Rudolph. What do you get? Before you say the answer. So we just, when we, <laughs> Jason copy and pasted this that he found wherever he found it and they spelled Rudolph D-O-L-F and it keeps throwing me off because I'm like who's Rudolph like the guy I don't understand I wrote it I didn't copy and paste it I wrote it no you didn't I did write it that's how you Jason Epperson that's how you think you spell Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer I forgot there's a PH instead of an F. <laughs> when we're done here, we have to go watch. We're we're going to have to have a massive like Christmas movie viewing for you so that we can make sure you have all of your Let me tell you characters. something. Rudolph is a terrible story anyway. <laughs> oh, let's, let's not get into that here. OK, that is a discussion for a completely different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the answer is 27. Now. This was a little bit of a trick question. Every answer we got to this one, we actually don't have a winner this week. We don't. It's amazing. Every answer Ooh. we got to this question was 36. Which is what I had. And like, that's the smug answer I had when we finished last week. And you were like, mm -mm. there are four ghosts in a Christmas carol, not three. There's Jacob Marley. That Jacob well Marley, he is a sly as dog. The three other, as, the, as well as the three spirits. I'm super annoyed with myself, too, because two days prior to recording last week's podcast, you and I were down at the Kansas City Repertory Theater seeing a production of A Christmas Carol. I actually came up with this brain teaser while watching that show. Completely forgot about Jacob Marley. Yeah. Fooled you. <laughs> the answer was all right, 27. Uh, all right. So we will have a new brain teaser at the end of the show. We wanted to give you a little bit of an app recommendation this week. And this app recommendation is you're, you're all going to like roll your eyes when I say it. The app recommendation is the Facebook app. But <laughs> there's a very good night, everybody. Thank you for listening. There's a very specific reason for travelers. You might not know, but there's a lot of stuff hidden in the Facebook app. A lot of different things that you can find. So if if I go onto my Facebook app and I click on there's in the bottom corner and this may be, I'm on an iPhone. It may be different on yours. If I go to the bottom corner of the Facebook app. There's, there's the three lines. They call that the hamburger menu, uh, in, in web lingo. And you click on those three lines and it gives you a lot of, a lot of just random Facebook stuff, city guides and discover people explore an area see more <laughs> well so then so what you have to do for for this particular feature is click on the see more uh or at least i do and under see more there is a find wi-fi spot so you can click on this find wi-fi link in the facebook app and it will pull up a map 
of all the locations nearby you that have listed free Wi-Fi. So if you're traveling and you really want to find some free unlimited Wi-Fi, as we often do, you can just pull this up. And I've done this several times and find the nearest Starbucks, McDonald's, whatever it is, little local coffee shop, library with free Wi-Fi available. Jason Epperson, how have you kept this to yourself for as long as we have been out on the road? And I do not know this. I always forget about it. <laughs> then I <laughs> then I remember at the last minute. I used this when we were in Custer, South Dakota. We were, had just, we were staying in the state park, Custer State Park, and we drove into Custer. And it was just outside of the season where everything was pretty much closed down. And I used this to find free Wi-Fi and ended up finding their their library. Amazing. Yeah. Even I am sitting over here going, wow, (laughs) where's this? I can't believe I haven't told you about that. I can. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We have three different questions that we wanted to sort of cover three different sort of listener questions or questions we see often out there that people have asked us that we've answered many, many times. So we wanted to just dive into these and give you sort of our three different, um, responses to these things that I think are very useful for a lot of people. But first, this segment is sponsored by GoSun. When you're out camping in the wild, miles from the nearest propane or electrical hookup, every bit of energy and fuel matters. With GoSun solar cookers, you can cook full hot meals without propane, without electricity, without wood. GoSun cookers trap the sun's rays to steam, bake, roast, and boil, even when it's cloudy, using special reflectors to grab available heat and trap it in a borosilicate glass tube where food cooks at up to 550 degrees. Three different models offer the perfect combination of portability and cooking capacity. So visit gosun.co, that's gosun.co, and use code RVMILES, all one word, for 15% off all GoSun's solar cookers. Support this small Cincinnati-based company, looking to change the way the world cooks with free energy and no harmful smoke or emissions. That's gosun.co and use code RVMILES, all one word, for 15% off. I am convinced that from here on out, every time you write copy for someone, you're going to make them put borosilicate. Borosilicate. (laughs) I can see the joy in your face as you come across that sentence. You love to say borosilicate. (laughs) All right. Question one, something we've seen time and time again, explained poorly, understood poorly, because it's it's, a confusing confusing topic. What are the differences between the national park passes and what do you get out of them? And I will say that even after two, three years sort of in the national park world and trying to learn some of the lingo and how they describe things. I still have to think for a second before I go, oh, that's that pass for. And it means this. It's confused even more by the fact that they're all sort of called the America, the beautiful pass. They used to be called the golden age pass for seniors. There's all sorts of different things that they used to do. But it's pretty straightforward now if you sort of read all the details. So the first thing is these are not actually national park passes. These are federal recreation passes. So they actually work with all the different federal land agencies. 
So that's meaning they work with the National Forest Service, for example, mm-hmm. Bureau of Land Management, Fish and Wildlife Service and uh, Army Corps of Engineers, which is our Absolutely. favorite. Oh, one of our favorites out there. So the basic America, the beautiful annual pass is something that anyone can buy. And this is a pass that gets you in for free to fee charging parks, mostly national parks. There's not a lot of other sort of recreation lands that are not part of the National Park Service that charge an entry fee in the first place. But these this gets you into any of the fee charging national parks. Now, the national park system, only about a quarter of the sites actually charge an entrance fee. Uh, but this gets you and and the people in the car with you, a carload of people into the park for free. So that's the only thing that that annual pass provides. And it's $80 a year, right? There's no lifetime version of it. You pay $80 a year and you get access to national parks. So if you're not going to be going to many national parks that year or any, it might not be worth it to have one that year. Yeah, because I think if I remember right at Zion, it's $20, but it's good for a week. So if you're going on vacation and you're going to be there for five days or four days, it just makes more sense to purchase the $20 entrance pass because then it'll just be good your entire trip. Right now, then we have the America, the beautiful senior pass, also known as the interagency senior pass. That name is always (laughs) trips me up this interagency title to everything. So the senior pass is $80 for lifetime. It's not annual, it's lifetime or $20 a year. You can pay $20 a year for it. And after you've paid for four years, they just give it to you for lifetime because you've not paid $80. But the senior pass, in addition to the entrance free, you get 50% off camping at most federal campgrounds. You do not get 50% off camping at campgrounds that are ran by concessionaires usually. So some of the most popular parks, some of them have a few concessionaire campgrounds and you won't get a discount at those. In forest preserve parks, it's not quite 50%. It's 50% off no hookup campgrounds and it's more like 30% off electric campgrounds. 35% at that one by Vegas. What it is, is they they give you 50% off the camping fee and then then you only get like five dollars off or something of the electric fee but that's all included in the rate right. you see on the sign but in their bylaws and stuff that's that's how it works out to be that way so it, it's a little bit more at forest service for some weird reason yeah and the price i think is going to vary from place to place too yeah. it's not just going to be the flat same fee then the final pass is the america the beautiful or interagency access pass and the access pass is for people who have a disability and it's exactly the same benefits as the senior pass except it's free and our family has an access pass um one of our sons has a learning disability and i should say the the level of entry for the access pass is much lower than say a disabled parking tag right you can have any disability at any level, as long as it's permanent. And you only have to prove it by either showing a diagnosis from a doctor or getting a doctor's note, or if you have sort of 
if you have like a VA rating, if you're a veteran with a VA rating or you have um, uh, an SSI award letter, that can all be shown to get your access pass. And like I said, it's free. You just go up, show up to any of the parks that charge a fee and they will give you one there when you show your proof or you can order it online. Same thing with the senior pass. If you order those online, you're going to pay an extra $10 fee. And for the access pass, you'll pay that $10 fee as well. And online. that's lifetime for the individual. Our son will have this pass with him throughout his entire life, which is wonderful. Yeah, I mean, it's and it's a huge money saver because there are so many federal campgrounds that aren't national parks. And like I said, the Army Corps of Engineers are, are one of our favorites. The one other pass that, that is available is the the fourth graders pass. So any fourth grader can get a pass for their family that is the, that is free, but is the same as the basic annual America the Beautiful pass. You don't get any camping discounts, just entry. Two other things I want to mention. None of these passes have anything to do with being a veteran. We've heard a lot of people say, I've heard there's a veterans pass that you can get. There is not a veterans pass. When people refer to that, they're talking about the access pass. It's for disabled people. And because they there's been a little confusion that if you have a VA rating, you can get an access pass, but it's available to any disabled people. But veterans who are not disabled can't get any sort of free pass like that. The other thing is these passes have nothing to do with state parks. There may be a few state parks out there that will give you a discount if you have one of them. Sometimes I've heard if you have a senior pass or an access pass, some states may give you a discount. But usually in those states, if you're a senior, you're just showing your your ID. And if you're disabled, you either have a, a, a placard on your car or you have to apply for the basic state pass. So usually this is not going to give you any sort of state park benefit. Those are, are the different versions and we'll link in the show notes to where you can get them. That also has an, a very detailed explanation of who can get what and what the benefits are. Next question we're seeing all over the place is what type of cleaners can I use in my bathroom and in my toilet? I don't want to damage the plumbing in my RV. People are really nervous because there are some quality issues and some stuff is made out of materials we're not used to in homes. So they're worried about damaging their plumbing, their tanks, their sinks, what have you. But their toilet really in needs the RV. to be clean. But their toilet needs to be clean. <laughs> That's not something you just skip. <laughs> so a, a couple things. You can use pretty much any cleaner that you would use in a household on any of your bathroom stuff. It's not going to harm anything. The only thing you really can't do, remember all that stuff comes in plastic containers already, right? It's not eating through the plastic containers that it's in. So your tanks are just plastic. They're a plastic holding tank and you're going to dump all that stuff out anyway. The only thing that really could cause a little bit of a problem, some people like to pour a couple cupfuls of bleach into their toilet. Ooh. I'm not quite sure why Uh, it doesn't really solve anything. You can wipe your toilet down with like a bleach wipe or a washcloth with bleach water on it. Anything like that you can use to sanitize, but don't pour amounts, you know, a couple cupfuls of bleach down any of your plumbing because in your tank, in your, in your black tank where you've got urine that has 
a large amount of ammonia in it. Ammonia mixed with bleach makes noxious gases that can kill you. So you really want to avoid pouring amounts of bleach into your black tank. I wonder if the thing with bleach is that it equates the smell of bleach equates cleanliness to people like you smell bleach and you personally feel it reminds you of things being clean. I smell bleach and I want to like vomit. (laughs) (laughs) So we don't do a whole lot of bleach cleaning. It's sanitary. I mean, it's it's it kills germs. We know that. But there are other things that kill germs. But, you know, my mom keeps a bottle of bleach and water by the kitchen sink. Yeah, I don't know about that. And she, hey, she cleans. My mom loves to clean with bleach. And I, maybe that's why I can't stand the smell of it. I have no idea. But I, I cannot stand the oh, smell of bleach. See, for me, there's nothing like clean sheets that have that little bit of a bleach smell. Not like overpowering, but a little bit. Oh, I love it. I don't think you've slept in sheets like that in like 10 years. Because there is no way <laughs> I'm doing that. <laughs> That that was a pre-marriage smell for you. All right. The final question that we wanted to talk about this week is something that crops up a lot this time of year. So we're seeing this all over the Facebook groups. Moisture underneath your mattress. Oh, that does not sound pleasant. (laughs) People are, you know, this time of year, you get condensation in your RV. And one of the most common places it causes problems is underneath your mattress. Nobody wants mold underneath their mattress of all places where they're sleeping on top of it. And what happens in RVs is that that your your bed, your your mattress is often on a platform instead of in a house where it's on a box spring and there's air that goes under all that where it can dry that air out, can move it around. On your mattress, it's getting warm under there, not only because you've got the heater on, but you're laying in the bed. So you're warming it up and it's got cold air underneath because often there's an open cabin underneath there uh, or it's not insulated very well. And that causes condensation. Anytime there's humidity in the air and a difference in temperature, the humidity clings to the cold surfaces and causes condensation. And then It just stays under there because it can't dry out and can cause mold. So what can you do about it? One, you can get a dehumidifier, which a lot of RVers do. Now, there's no no more humidity in the air in the winter. It's normal humidity. It's just that this temperature difference is really causing all the problems. So when you do use dehumidifier, you're making the air drier than really is healthy often so we actually that's one of the reasons we love being in the southwest is we can make the air humid in our rv as much as possible we can run a humidifier and it doesn't it doesn't cause condensation yeah we get to a point where i i can feel how dry it is and that it just makes me itchy just makes me crazy and so it's not really been something that's been on our radar about our particular mattress because we're we've been on the other end of the spectrum but it makes a lot of sense when you think about, especially if you're heating with propane, that's just adding all of this moisture into yeah. the air on top of what you already have. And that's when, when we use our we use our buddy propane heater. If you use a regular RV propane furnace, you're not adding moisture into the air because that's all 
expelled outside right, of the RV, but right. we use our little buddy heater a lot and that brings a lot of moisture to the party. You mean everyone doesn't do what we do? No. So <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> I don't know how to talk about anything that's not what I do. <laughs> but one thing you can do to to alleviate this problem is get your mattress up off of the piece of plywood it's laying on. So in order to do do that, you can get like wooden slats or you can get like plastic slats that you can slide under there. Some people get these uh, these mesh mats that are like an inch thick. They're sort of a building material that that gets put a lot behind siding a lot these days that allows water to run down be- behind siding and not get stuck there. You can get that sort of stuff from a, a, a building material store and put under your bed. One of the best things I've seen for this, though, you can get the plastic lattice that they sell at home improvement stores for a garden and and put that under there. And that's going to raise it up and and leave some air pockets. But because it's plastic, it's not going to it's not going to mold as easily and retain water like like wood would or something like that. I wonder if you could also get from Ikea, you know how a lot of their beds, when you go to assemble them, what the mattress sits on are those slats that kind of accordion out. Yeah. I wonder if you can buy those by themselves and get a queen size one. So then you've already got it cut to what you need it to be. And they don't generally, I mean, I think maybe they're a couple inches high. You could put those on there. Like I'm already thinking for ourselves, like, oh, should we do this? That would be a place I would go to and look and just, you just roll it right out and then you plop the mattress back on. So if you're not sure that you've been having this problem, make sure to check under your mattress. That's an important place to check to make sure you're not getting condensation because it's not a fun surprise to have to have to throw away your mattress. Oh, let's not talk about it. When that mattress comes out of the bus, it is coming out of there in pieces. <laughs> I will never do what we did to get that but that mattress into that bus. When it comes out, I am going to cut it into quarters. All right. Those are our questions. If you have questions that you'd like to ask us, we if we know the answer, we'll be happy to answer them for you. If we don't know the answer, We'll be happy to try our darndest to find the answer for you. So leave us um, a message on any of our social media or join the RV Miles Facebook group and ask it there. Yeah, that's the greatest place to ask it because you're not going to just get Jason and I. You're going to get a group of people that care as much about RVing or is as interested in it as you are. And then you will hopefully get plenty of variety in your answer to pick the one that works best for you. Okay, let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll have our interview with Marianne Edwards of Boondockers. Welcome. Be right back. Okay, we are back and we are here to talk all things Boondockers. Welcome with Marianne Edwards. But first, this segment is sponsored by National Indoor RV Centers. National Indoor RV Centers make RV travel simple, fun, and hassle-free, offering convenient indoor storage with round-the-clock security and on-site maintenance and repair that can handle paint and body, oil changes, brakes, tires, glass, upholstery, slide work, and generator work. They can handle it all. They even accept factory and extended warranties. Valet service pulls your RV in and out of storage, checks tire pressure, charge and check battery fluids, fill your fresh water, and cool your fridge down before departure. 
They even have on-site propane and dump stations, and their wash and detail crews can clean your RV inside and out. You can find National Indoor RV Centers in Atlanta, Dallas, and Phoenix, and at their new Las Vegas facility, they are offering RV Miles listeners three months free with the code RVMILES3. That's all one word, RV Miles and the number three. That's three free months at their new Las Vegas location with offer code RVMILES3. Space is limited, so visit VegasIndoorRVStorage.com to get started today. And we will link to this offer in the show notes. All right. I had uh, a really wonderful conversation with Marianne Edwards, who is the creator of, of Boondockers Welcome. And Marianne has been RVing for over 15 years, and she's sort of become an industry expert on how to enjoy big travel on a small budget. She's been profiled in the New York Times, contributed to many RV industry magazines and newsletters, and she's got a vast amount of knowledge uh, about travel. And she and her co-founder have created this program, Boondockers Welcome, which is really more like a club to a community, a community uh, for people to work together to find places to travel cheaply. And, and it offers fellowship too, which yeah. I really like. So without further ado, here is my interview with Marianne Edwards. Marianne, welcome to the RV Miles podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So we we are uh, Boondockers Welcome members and we're big fans uh, of the program, of course, as guests. And you can be a member as a, a guest or a host or or you most people I imagine that are hosts do do both. Let's start with being a guest member. What can people expect when they sign up to be a, a Boondockers Welcome member with guest privileges? They can expect to have access to, uh, depending, of course, on the size of their own RV that they're driving, but we have a total of over 1,500 hosts, normal people, like you and I, most of them are RVers, but they have access to those hosts to request a stay. Sometimes one night, some hosts will accept guests for up to five nights. So anywhere from one to five nights at over 1,500 locations, most of them across North America. We have a few in other places as well. So this is not something that you would use for... Uh, your full-time campground membership. You're not going to be able to travel everywhere you go on, on Boondockers Welcome. No, the, our hosts are, are people who love meeting fellow travelers. So they love to hear stories. Some of them aren't even RVers themselves. We have, we have people who are maybe thinking about becoming RVers who want to pick the brains and hear the stories of current RVers. So you're not going to make a Boondockers Welcome host your vacation destination. You're not going to go spend your, you know, your vacation on their property. However, if you're looking what if you're looking to travel the way we like to travel, which is slowly and sort of explore a few interesting sites along the way and meet people, have a little bit of social interaction, meet the local people. The locals know the area. They know the, the little hidden gems and and um, 
where the best place to shop for groceries is or the little restaurants that they favor, they'll tell you about. And and they want to spend a little bit of time with you or whatever. We gauge it. I'm a host and and guest. We are our hosts and guests ourselves. So gauge what the uh, traveler wants. And for the traveler, gauge what the host wants. If they want a little bit of social time, try and give it to them. But uh, it's not for uh, a destination. No, it's it's a, it's an overnight stop, maybe a night or two if you want to explore the area. We, we've absolutely found that uh, everybody we have stayed with has been incredibly nice. We've had people bring us food, bring us their leftovers. They made too much and offer all kinds of stuff to us. Say, you want to stay longer? We love to have you longer. Uh, people are just so incredibly nice. And I, that's absolutely true. You pull into a lot of boondockers, welcome locations, and you, you meet somebody and it doesn't mean you have to, you have to have sort of long conversations with them. And, but it, it's sort of, it's just great to meet these people on the road. We, we really love it. And like you said, you do get so much information about the area. Let's talk about what kind of, what your RV needs to be like to use Boondockers Welcome. Can any RV be a Boondockers Welcome member? There are qualifications. And so the, the qualification itself uh, is that you must be fully self-contained. Now, some people may un- not know the exact meaning of that. Yeah, one main, main um, consideration is that you must have your own toilet facilities. These are people who are opening up their properties. They give you a place to park, sometimes near their house, sometimes a little bit further away, but they're not expected to open their doors or offer their washrooms or wonder what's happening if they aren't giving you access. They are often in um, urban areas as well. So they'll have neighbors who maybe aren't quite uh, let in on the fact of that they're, they think that these people just have a lot of uh, friends in RVs, which is fine. So they really are concerned about how it looks. So really, you have to be fully self-contained, which means that you can function entirely from within your RV. So uh, some hosts do allow you to set up your table and chair and barbecue, but others prefer that you don't. So really, we make it a qualification that your kitchen facilities, your cooking facilities, your sleeping, your um toileting and sanitation facilities must be able to function totally within the RV. So that's the main concern. So you sign up for a membership. What's the process for finding a location? How do you know if your RV can fit? How do you know some of these different rules these different places have? How does that all work? Well, the first thing isn't signing up for a membership or guest subscription. The first thing is that you can look those up before you send us any kind of money. So um, a subscription is only required to communicate with the hosts and request a stay. So go to the search hosts tab on the website and you can filter your results right then and there so that uh, if you know the size of your rig, if you're traveling with pets, if you have certain preferences, you can put those in there and do a search for um, 
choose a location if you know what route you're going to be um, traveling and want certain stops at certain intervals you can do all that before you even purchase a subscription you just can't contact the host yet and the types of places you're going to stay at they they vary right between you could be in a driveway you could be in a backyard it could be on a farm there might be other rvers there a lot of information is available in those listings about what the location is like uh, before you arrive. That's right. The host creates a profile. Um, as a guest, uh, when you do uh, purchase a guest privilege subscription, you also are required to fill out a profile about yourself. So put in enough information that the host can see uh, enough about you uh, and your your travel plans, your your rig description, who your who your travel party is, so that the host knows what you are bringing them and um, is liable to say yes, of course we'd love to meet you. I think that's an important distinction. So you you request a location. You you have looked at that host profile. That host gets to then look at your profile and see the comments that are left about you by other hosts and see the information about your rig and all that. And they get to accept or politely decline. Uh, so it's, it's, it's sort of a, a safe situation. I feel. It is. We, we also don't, um, up front, we ask people to consider using a username, um, especially the hosts rather than their real name, just to keep their, uh, their identity and their exact location secret until they have uh, agreed to to the visit. Uh, however, as soon as a host agrees, uh, if you're talking about safety and security a little bit here, as soon as the host agrees, we do uh, exchange both phone numbers and and real names with both parties. So so there's that built in as well that. Uh, that by the time you've, you're actually meeting in person, you know the person's real name, you, you can change your mind after that about having them. You can do a little Google search on them. You can also ask for ID when they arrive to make sure that they are who they are claiming to be on the website. I also love that the communication, you've, you've got the communication set up so it can sort of go to your email and to your text and you don't have to log into the website to talk to them or to find out uh, what their reply was. And that, that's really convenient. It makes the conversation happen really quickly. Let's move on to talking about being a host. What are some of the benefits? What are some of the reasons that somebody would have to want to become a Boondockers Welcome host? Well, I've already mentioned that we have uh, hosts who who are not even RVers themselves and maybe are considering becoming RVers. So they have the benefit of meeting people who are currently RVing, hearing their stories and uh, sort of picking their brains before they maybe purchase their RV. There are um, hosts who have been RVing for a long time and like us, they realize that uh, it doesn't matter how many uh, sites that you see, the things that tend to be most memorable in the end are some of the experiences with people that you've met in the along the way. So they really just enjoy the uh, opportunity to meet fellow RVers, which they maybe can't do so much when they're static at home. There are people there who just have beautiful properties 
for sure, many of them, and they love, uh, shall I say, showing them off. <laughs> or they live in a beautiful area. We do ourselves. We have, a, we have a, a, a river gorge in our little town, and we love hiking through the conservation area and showing off our little town. There are other hosts who are operating um, uh, maybe um, a small business. We have uh, some restaurant owners, small little restaurant owners, others who um, uh, have uh, maybe a, a, a gift shop. And now they can compete with places like Walmart by offering overnight parking as well. So with the idea that perhaps people will stay for breakfast or, or purchase something in their store. And then I shouldn't forget, we have RVers who have had to hang up the keys. They RV'd for many years. Now they've retired from it, but they still enjoy the interaction that they used to have around the campfire. And for sure, when you meet those, you will want to spend some time talking to them because that's basically why they're hosting. So uh, people can sort of figure that out from each other's profiles and by communication ahead of time through messages. Uh, so uh, you get the idea ahead of time of like, we should allow a little time to talk to these people or make it clear that you really are just looking for an overnight quick stop because you're en route. And, and I haven't heard yet of anyone saying that they haven't respected each other's wishes that way. I, I also know that there's there's a sort of a financial benefit to becoming a host, right? You get a, a discount on actually your guest subscription pr privileges as you're traveling, right? The hosts that are our viewers themselves, uh, if they uh, aren't traveling full time, they often there's no cost to them. There's no cost to become a host to offer your location and there, uh, if they want to travel immediately before they have guests, they pay only 50%. I mean, a subscription is almost negligible anyway, $30 a year, but they pay $15. And on top of that, every time they host someone, every time they have guests, they're credited with three months of free guest privileges, which don't start the, that day. You can bank them. Uh, a host can bank them, and when they are ready to travel, maybe they're not ready to travel till next summer, then they can activate them and use them three months at a time. So for hosts, there's that benefit. That's also one reason that um, people who plan to go full-time are, are uh, joining as hosts first so while they're still in a location where they can host. They start by... Um, meeting and picking the brains of RVers, but also they're paying it forward that way. And that's really the concept of the site is to pay it forward, host someone, and down the road, you'll be hosted by someone else. And that's what we've experienced is that the people that are hosting are, I mean, really most of them are not doing it because of that free credit, but they're just, they just love doing it. True. We have, we have hosts, quite a few of them actually, who've been with us from the beginning, who have yet to use the website as a guest. And yet, I know there are viewers. So they just enjoy hosting so much. There's that kind of people. It's really wonderful to be able to to meet this sort of people. And like you said, it's $30 a, a year. So so the cost is, you know, you use it one night, you've saved a campground fee over the course of the year. So like you said, the cost is, is sort of negligible. It's just a really good thing to have 
in your back pocket. We don't, we don't use it. We uh, we're a little different than, than most RVers. I think the way we travel, we, we sort of don't plan that far in advance, but the way you request stays sort of varies depending on the host, right? The host can say, uh, we only want people to request a week in advance, uh, or they give them more time to request. And the host is sort of in control of, of what they do want and what they don't. And I think, I think that's, that's just fantastic. You could host and host two people a year if you wanted, or you could host people every, every week if you wanted. And it's sort of up to you. That's right. In fact, we, we, um, um, the website itself limits people from, uh, making a request more than two months in advance. And one of the reasons we decided on that was that we discovered uh, until we put that limitation in place that the farther in advance uh, a host was requested, uh, the more likelihood that it would be canceled. Yeah. So, so therefore we did not want it to be as hard to find uh, a boondockers welcome host as it is to get a campsite in a popular season in a popular place. So in most cases, the hosts aren't booked up far in advance. And therefore many of them um, do uh, accept last minute notice, uh, same day, mm -hmm. uh, day before. They they do get to set their preference, but uh, anywhere from the same day to two months is 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 the maximum. And that that is to protect the hosts from having uh, and our other guests because if a site is tied up with a reservation for the whole two months and then the last minute is cancelled, it's there's many other people who would have like to have had the opportunity for that. So, so, um, so some hosts in popular areas, we actually encourage them to, to make the, uh, maximum request time shorter, like a week in advance, two weeks. And uh, just one more thing I want to touch on uh, a little bit. We mentioned it for a second is the, the sort of feedback and, and rating system. So after you stay with somebody or after somebody stays with you, the website asks you to leave information about about that visit. Yeah, it's a review, a way to say this was a great place and a way for the next people who are thinking of asking to stay at this host to feel comfortable that they've had guests before and the, the guests have have told them what their experience was like. Uh, the guest also gets to do a review on the host. Uh, sorry, the other way around. The host gets to do a review on the guest as well. So. You know, use your manners, be be courteous, and and you'll get a good review. And especially when you're starting out, you'll want to accumulate those reviews because some hosts are a little hesitant on uh, accepting anyone who has just joined that day and doesn't have a review, for instance. So so that's something that you, everyone who's new has to get by, but they do. Uh, and uh, so the reviews are something that that are taken into consideration because, after all, the host is accepting you to come to their home, a stranger coming to their home. So uh, and vice versa, uh, they just require they just add an element of of um, of confidence. All right. So if somebody wants to become a Boondockers Welcome member, what do they do? They arrive to the website. And there are two tabs. Uh, one is become a host. The other is become a guest. If they uh, 
have even space to offer uh, overnight parking once in a while for even just a small van sized camper. They can join as a host, no cost. To become a guest tab would be if they have no property or there are uh, people with property who, who have restrictions, maybe a zoning bylaw in their area, so they can't offer any type of parking overnight, then join as a guest and you're going to be creating a profile about yourself. It's pretty well stepped through all the, uh, the, the questions, the leading questions that we ask. Some of them are mandatory. Um, we require you to add a picture of your, your RV. Um, and um, the prose is pretty simple after that. All right, Marianne Edwards, thank you so much for joining us on the show. We absolutely love Boondockers Welcome and the service you provide for an incredibly affordable price. Uh, it's really not even, doesn't even feel like a fee. It's just sort of a fun club to be a part of. And I, I just think it's such a great thing for for RVers that are traveling out there. So thank you so much for, for being with us today. Thank you. And if I may, I don't know if you want me to send you the link, but we do have a gift certificate that several people have asked us now. They said their parents want the, to, to give the, a membership as a gift. Sure. And so I can, send, I can send you that link after the show here. And, and perhaps since this is the Christmas show sort of coming up. Yeah, we will provide a link to that in, in the show notes. All right. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, Marianne. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye. Our thanks to Marianne for spending a little time with us and giving us a deeper insight into Boondockers Welcome. And if you are interested in becoming a Boondockers Welcome member, we cannot recommend it enough. We ourselves are members, but you can save 10% with the coupon code RV Miles. That's just all one word. Go over to boondockerswelcome.com, get that started, use that coupon code, and who knows? Maybe we'll pull Wanderbus into your parking lot someday, into your driveway. It really, you know, Boondockers Welcome used to be a sponsor with us. They're not a sponsor now. This is not a sponsored no, episode not in any way whatsoever. We really do just love Boondockers Welcome this much. And we think it is really essential for people who travel a lot to be a part of this community. And like we said, like, uh, like I said with Marianne, the cost really is negligible. $30 for a year, that really is one night of camping somewhere. Well, here's the thing. I also want to make it clear. We will not get any sort of kickback with that discount code. You just get the 10% off flat. That's all it is. What I appreciate about this particular program is that it is so affordable. When you look at, and this is no shade to Harvest Host, but they are going up to $79 at the beginning of the year. Plus That's, you're sort of expected to buy something from, from those locations with Harvest Host. Absolutely. Similar, like if you stay in a Walmart, you know, generally the practice or a Cracker Barrel, you know, if you're doing any of that, generally you want to go in and sort of say, thank you for letting me stay overnight here. I'm going to buy some toilet paper at Walmart. I don't know, whatever. With Boondockers Welcome, it really is just people saying, welcome. Here's a space to stay for the night or two nights or three nights, which is amazing to me that some people will say we have a, a five night limit. Just the fact that they just want to open their house up to you in that way, I just think is so fantastic. And it's really amazing. Yeah. It really is. We, and, and we've met great people doing it. We have. We've 
great people who have actually followed up with us, you know, after we had that whole incident with Wanderbus by Joshua Tree, um, the couple that we had met through Boondockers Welcome, who had kept Bussy for us for a few days, they actually followed up with us, wanted to know if we were okay, had seen that things had gone kind of south for us, and wanted to just make sure we had everything that we needed and we were being taken care of and offering any support or help that we could. They didn't have to do that, but they did it because yeah. that's the kind of community that Boondockers Welcome fosters. All right. That is our episode for the day. Let's wrap it up with a new brain teaser. Wrap it up. A sundial has the fewest moving parts of any timepiece. Which type of timepiece has the most moving parts? I wasn't listening. <laughs> Sorry. Well, you'll just have to wait till next week. To I'll get, just have to, to get find it. out on the next episode of RV Miles. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have that and a whole lot more on the next episode of RV Miles. We sure will. And if you are enjoying the RV Miles podcast, it would mean the world to us if you would just share us around your social media circles and encourage more of your friends and family to come over and join us. We are so excited for 2019. And again, if you have any questions, you know where to find us. We are at editor at rvmiles.com. Or we are over in the RV Miles Facebook group as well. But until next week, everyone, keep logging those RV miles. Bye.